Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Episode of the Ever Black Podcast is brought to you by Death Wish Hot Rods and Customs. Check out their Instagram for all their new t-shirts, caps, beanies, cups, and the all-new Atomic Death lineup. Well, uh, anyway, Josh, thanks for joining us on the show, brother. Good to good to finally have a chat with you. Yeah, man, glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, of course, uh, the new Kimura is that how you pronounce Kimura? Kimura. Yeah, 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 it's it's all good, man. We get it all the time, (laughs) man. Even when I joined the band, I was like Kimura, Kimura. How do you say it? Well, of course, uh, the new albums, uh, Circle the Praise, out on October 21st. And uh, this thing is just straight up fucking brutality, man. I love it. Oh, thanks, so, mate. It's just straight. <laughs> man, just you hit it on, you're like, oh, yeah, you get that little intro, and then bam, it's just straight into it. And, uh, man, it doesn't let up. And it got a lot of little surprises in there as well. It, there's a few things I did not even expect. Um, yeah. Things that you guys did that just completely flipped things on its head. And I really, really... Uh, Really admired that. I thought it was really, really cool. But given all the world events at the moment, how how much did that affect its creation and and the creativity, like jamming together and things like that? We're really, really lucky over here in WA with the way things have been over the last you know eighteen months with all the lockdowns, everything being shut, and you know a lot of bands not being able to even get together to just write or catch up. So we've been really lucky over here. So in terms of writing and creating the album, we didn't have too many obstacles. We're actually really lucky um, and having the jam space, like because pretty much all the guys at all their houses are set up to jam. So we've got a drum kit and amps at everyone's house. So whether we jam here or somewhere else or whatever it is, um, we were still able to create and do this album. So it, it didn't have a huge impact on us. So we're really lucky in that regard. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we, we've been pretty lucky up here too in Queensland, man. Yeah. You know, so... But it's it's it, the hardest thing has been because you see so much shit on Facebook, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. everywhere, you don't yeah. know who's doing what, where, and who's okay, and it, it just gets you know what I mean. So hard to keep up. Yeah. But uh, man, yeah. that's that's awesome. I mean, the end result is is incredible. Um, you know, conceptually, it, it seems like it covers quite a few different themes throughout it. But uh, how does the album title play into those? Um, I guess it's kind of a statement from the band collectively sort of, you know, basically giving the middle finger to all that shit in the world and in life that, that tries to get in your way and bring you down. And it's that it's about, you know, if you, if you flip it on its head, all of those things that weigh us down that, you know, make it hard for us to sort of get up in the morning. It's basically us going, well, hang on a minute. No, we're in control. You're the prey. And now we've come full circle as a band. Hence the circle the prey kind of thing um that those issues they're the they're what we are in charge of and they're, they're what we control um it's also one of the, the the little snippet lyrics out of um sharpen the bones yes 
Yeah. And so that's sort of what it means to us. And I don't know, we kind of thought it sounded cool. Yeah, it does. It's cool. It sounds brutal. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Is it like, it's not a concept album at all? No, no, no definitely not. Um, no, we've never, we've never really written anything sort of based on a theme or a concept, I guess. Um, it's always been or anything that, that, that we've written or from a lyrical standpoint, from where, from my, my perspective, mm. it's always been personal stuff. It's always been uh, something that can either be super direct or it can be ambiguous enough that can be relative on a lot of different levels, but they're all, it's always been something that's a, an experience from a human standpoint. Um, so we've never gone for the whole theme or thematic type thing with, with the songs. Don't get me wrong. I love that stuff for some of the bands out there. Like I'm really digging uh, Volvodinia's new album at the moment. That's like, it's insane about the whole storyline, but it's not really our thing going down that path where we're very more raw and more personal, more human. Hangman, the song Hang that that one seems like it's a it's a pretty personal song. Super personal, super personal. Yeah. yeah. So uh, back in two thousand and three, uh, my my best mate decided that he'd had enough and uh, he decided to leave the world, the planet. So I guess that one was that one was pretty hard to 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 play live and to sort of get out there on a record because when I wrote it, I thought from a musical standpoint, I thought, oh, that's cool, like. It's got a decent hook. There's a bit of a melody in there. It fits the music. Then when it actually came to performing it, because I, I get very involved with with the songs because I wrote them. Yes. Um, and the first time that we actually performed that song um, live was at, oh, I think, I can't remember where it was, but the first time we played that song live, it was like a week beforehand. My good friend uh, and neighbor, who lived two doors down from me, he decided he wanted to leave the world as well. So when we actually uh, got to that show and we went to do that song, I went, well, right as that intro riff starts playing and Ian started playing that clean guitar, I went, oh, shit, this is a bit heavy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, super personal. All the songs are really personal. They all have a, a very real um, life experience or story behind them. What about the uh, Sharpen the Bones? That one. What's yeah, so Sharpen the Bones, um, it's uh, – it's definitely a really venomous way of, of sort of talking about retribution and revenge for, you know, what a, what a particular person did a very long time ago to a female. Um, and it happened to obviously be within my group of people that I knew in my life. So this is a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and the song is inspired by that bottom feeding scum who uh, did what he did and thought he got away with it. Uh, and Sharpen the Bones tells a story of that. Well, you didn't get away with it. Um, and you got found out and uh, dealt with, mate. There's I, I listening to it, uh, like lyrically, it's it, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of power behind it, and it's very raw. And that's the thing I picked up. You've you've put a fuck ton into it, <laughs> and just yeah. I, I've spun it yeah. a few <laughs> times, man. And like I'm hearing there was lines popping out, and I was like really wondering how. Because, I mean, I'm a vocalist as well. I know you can write from, you know, characters and then hide your, you know, the truth. But this, there was definitely things throughout this album that I was like, man, he's he's putting it all in there. <laughs> he's, he's putting yeah. it out. Yeah. And, and I guess, because the way that we sort of did the album, I mean, I wrote all the lyrics for all these songs way before we even did the music. Mm. So I wrote them probably 12 months prior to even recording the first concept or idea of it and they were all just things that 
I don't know, I kind of felt like I got in a little bit of a role and I just, I was writing really constantly and I sort of picked these songs out of, you know, 20, 30 odd lots of lyrics that I kind of wrote and stories and that. And I sort of thought, yeah, these are all pretty, uh, pretty personal, pretty, uh, pretty raw. And there's a, there's, there's detail in some of it. And yes, um, I talked to the guys about it and I said, look, you know, cause, cause often you find that with some bands or some of the musos, they, they know that there's lyrics there, they read them, but they don't listen to them that much. And I just said to the guys, look, can you do me a favor? Can you make sure that you're actually okay with some of this stuff? Um, just because it was a new direction for us as Kimura, just being so personal and, you know, writing from somewhere that's so raw. Um, and they did, and they just said, yeah, we're fine with it. Are you fine with it? And I just went, nah, fuck it, why not? <laughs> Might as well put it out there. And that's the thing. It's, uh, you know, it, it is difficult to do. So, you know, did you find that it was it was quite emotionally taxing for you to record those songs? Some of the parts of the songs that I did... Um, so like Hangman was an interesting one in the in the studio because because whenever I've gone into record, whether it's pre-production or you know a live situation, but especially in the studio side of things, because you always want to capture your best take, um, you know, for an album for recording. So my train of thought's always been as a vocalist, put yourself in the moment of yes. that particular story so that you feel it, so that you can, you know, channel that emotion or that aggression or that rage, so that you can really be a part of what you've written. So Hangman in the studio um, was pretty taxing to get through some of the parts, especially the bridge before the chorus. Yes. Because um, I really did put myself back in that that time. Um, you know, another one was probably Company We Keep. It, it doesn't sound like it on on um, the album, but when you listen to that, it's, it's, it's fast. It's, you know, very aggressive. But that was a really hard one to get out to because that was a, a really challenging time in my life about six, seven years ago. So, yeah, uh, some parts were pretty tough. And then others, I thought, you know what? This is actually really cathartic. This is nice to just get this shit out. Yeah. Yeah. How's it feel now looking back? I mean, obviously, the world, I've heard it. The world hasn't heard it yet. But knowing that you've you've probably spun it a few times, how does that feel? Way too many times. Oh, I know, man. And you overanalyze every little bit. Um, oh, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I know that one. Um, but, yeah. you know, how does that feel for you, man, knowing that, you know, you've gotten all this stuff out there? Super proud, really, really proud of it. Um, and stoked that the guys in the band, um, and Gordo and Kyle, um, supported it and that they're supportive of my writing style in the way that you know I'm supporting of their playing style and their creative and writing style as well. So, super, super proud of it. And the response that we're getting, um, you know, from the narrative of some of these songs and just the energy and the sound just makes me think, you know what, this is actually what we're meant to be doing as a band. This is we should be doing what's organic, what's natural and who we really are. And so it's kind of set the standard for us for the next album that we're going to do, um, which is, you know, we, we want to step it up another notch. Fuck knows how we're going to do that, but we'll definitely try. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> what about Digital Mercy? What's what's that one? Digital Mercy is a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of an ode to all the elitist and ego um, megalomaniacs out there in the world whether we deal with them in the workplace or whether we deal with them in the music scene because everybody knows that's done anything in the music scene you get the cool <laughs> kids in every place on the planet it's not just perth it's you know we're not special um and it's it's a personal perspective from some of the shit that we've copped as a band and the way that we've been treated i guess um in some aspects 
Uh, and it also touches on some stuff within our personal lives with people that um, we've had situations with from a work standpoint. And it's basically a giant fuck you. We're on to you. We're not, and we're not going to put up with it anymore. And that's our way of going as a band. If you want to be, you know, a, a purple circle, fucking circle jerk dickhead, then um, we're just going to call you on it. Like we're, we're over it. You know, like life's too short to, right. you know, be treated like a doormat by somebody who thinks they're fucking king sitting on a throne of sand. Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent. That's a good one. I like that track a lot. But uh, yeah. talking <laughs> about the stuff too. that really surprised me though, was there's the songs, uh, how do you, Damn Near? Damn, how do you, Damn Nare. Damn Nare. See, Damn this Nare. is, I'm on the Gold Coast, mate. So we can barely even. We still live on the Gold home. Coast. Did you? <laughs> No I did, shit. yeah. I used to, used to live in uh, Tullibudra Valley and I lived at uh, just around the corner from Burley. Were you jamming in bands around that time? No, uh, not, not back then and I wasn't. There you go. Unfortunately. Yeah, oh, okay. I was just a loser that drank too much. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all, man? Well, this is water, but, uh, you know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not today. I've got kids and stuff, so. You know. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, of course, I mean, those Damnare. Hey, I said. Yep, Damnare. Hey, yep. Yeah, I did it. Um, The part one and part two, the instrumental. And the whole thing mm-hmm. about them is they're very melodic. And where bands would usually have melodic vocals and, you know, the clean stuff, it's been flipped on its head where the guitars have, have taken over that role. And I haven't yeah. heard that done in a very long time. You know, what, what inspired that? It's actually, it's funny that one because Gordo, um, our drummer and myself, we're both uh, like, we've got very varying tastes in music, but we're both huge fans of European metal, especially like, you know, you're in flames, your soil work, that kind of thing. And um, I, I didn't actually have anything to do with it, but it was during the writing process. And Gordo said to Ian, our guitarist, he played him a, he played him an in flames song, I think, or a soil work song. He said, write me that. So Ian came back with Damn Nara and it was actually one track to start with. It was never two. Oh, and he wrote it as one track and was listening to it. And the moment that he started playing it, the moment that I heard it, I could hear in, in my head, I could hear this needs some sort of epic guitar work over it. Like I can't touch this vocally because I'll fucking ruin it. Um, and that's when it just, yeah, it, it turned into this instrumental. And then I thought of Graham. So Graham Green's a guest guitarist on the song uh, on both parts. And he's he's been around for a long time and he's a phenomenal guitarist. And I've gotten along with him for, for quite a while now. Our, our bass player, Kyle, actually works with him. Yeah, no um, and so I hit Graham up and I said, mate, we've got this track. I can't do anything with it vocally. Uh, one, because I don't really want to, because I think it's too good. And two, I suck at singing. So I don't really want to clean sing on it. Um, can you please make it special? <laughs> and I gave him the pre-production and he sent it back and I did a quick mix and I threw it in there and we all just sat there and listened to it and went, holy shit. This is insane. Like this is amazing, um, and so that's where it that's where it came from, essentially. Um, and the the feeling of the the both the tracks because we felt when it was a single full track, the that little acoustic um, you know harmony at, at the end of Damn Nare Part One that led into Part Two. But I thought, nah, it's it's a full change. Like I think we I think we should split this into two instrumentals because it's two totally different directives and yeah. two very different emotives. And so we did that and then we listened to it and we went, holy shit, we wrote two, we've got an instrumental. And look at what Graham did. He made our, you know, instrumental sound really cool. So yeah, I I didn't have a great deal to do with it. 
<laughs> but you know what? You can, uh, if you jam on it live, you can uh, go grab a beer and, and come back. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, we've got another song that has a guest vocalist, um, which is oh. Serpents and Worms. Um, so it's got that real high-pitched venomous scream. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to ask so That's That's Serpents and Worms, and that's uh, Saucia Savage, and she's in a band over here called Calvath. And um, that's kind of the plan when we do our launch, is that because she does the bulk of the vocals in that song. So oh, yeah. I get a break yeah. when I'm on stage. <laughs> so she can just take the reins. But man, yeah, when, when she came into the studio to do the vocals, because we were all there in the control room, and um, she started spitting the vocals, and we were all just... Jesus Christ. That's awesome. So we pretty much, we've, we've decided if anything ever happens with me, Sorsha's going to take over vocal duties for uh, Kimura. <laughs> <laughs> or, hey, man, it just sounds awesome together. I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Uh, I'll have to get that name and check them out. Yeah, man, yeah, definitely check them out. They're brutally heavy. Like They're, they're very different to us in terms of sound, but they're just, her vocals, man, are just next level. They're just, I wish I could do that. <laughs> But, man that's it sounds awesome we're both yeah. together um oh cheers are they are they one of your like uh i guess like uh buddy bands over there you know the ones that you play all the time your jam room bands yeah not really no like we've we've done a couple of shows with them and we've always gotten along with them they're the nicest nicest bunch of people um they're just really nice and um i've always liked what they do we've always liked what they do but we haven't like no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't exactly say that, but we've always gotten along really well with them. Yeah, yeah. And when I hit Sorcher up, and I just said, "Hey, I've got a track that I think you'd sound awesome on. Can you come and come into the studio, and we'll lay some demos down and see what you think?" And because um, Sorcher, Sorcher's always been amazing. She's one of the nicest people on the scene. She's just one of the nicest people I've ever met. She's lovely. Um, she wouldn't wouldn't hurt a fly, but you listen to her vocals, and you'd swear that you've invoked the devil. Like that's crazy. <laughs> um, so no, nah, not not necessarily in that regard. We're just. We're friends with a lot of people in the in the music scene as such. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't sort of have like a, a unique little sort of group of bands that we jam with like all the time or play with all the time. We've, we've really varied. We've played with grindcore bands, you know, deathcore and thrash and everything else. We just, we just love playing live. And if they're good people that we can jump on a bill with, then awesome, let's do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Have, you, have you guys toured up here before? No. No, so we had we had plans with this album, like most bands do with an album. Yeah. Like usually, the the logical progression is you you release an album, go on tour. So we had some things, you know, sort of sixty to seventy percent sort of teed up to hit the east coast, um, where we were kind of like, right, oh, this is when we're going to do it. Um, but obviously, it all got you know shut on with COVID. So um, we haven't gotten over there yet, but I definitely want to get over there because I've got a lot of uh, friends and a lot of people over in Queensland that. Um, it'd be cool to get up on stage and really, you know, show some of these people like, Hey, like remember 15 years ago when I was in a really shitty band, I'm in a good band now. <laughs> what was the band? You know you know I, mean? oh, I was in a band a really long time ago called Stoneface. Okay. Where was that? Yeah. Yeah. That was in Brisbane. Okay. Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. So yeah. So I was in, and it was, it was good fun. It was kind of finding my feet as a, as a musician slash, you know, vocalist and, I learned that I can't play guitar and do vocals at the same time. Um, that was the first band that I learned that in. Um, and that it was also the first band that I learned that uh, I didn't do vocals correctly technique wise. And there was a reason I couldn't talk for five days afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been there, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to, yep. you got to learn somehow, man. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's, uh, 
that's kind of what I did and kind of where my experimentation went with uh, trying to figure out how to do metal vocals. Hey, and listen to it now, man. Very different to what I used to be able to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's still, it's still not where I want it. Um, but, you know, like I'm, I'm happy with it to a degree, but I think it can be better. And I think that's just a musician's curse is that no matter what you listen to that you've done, you hear it and you go, I can do that better. So yeah. I want to do it better on the next one. That's it. Are you the kind of dude who's uh, you'll you'll lay down like track after track after track after track and and vocal dub and like I just can't stop. I have to be told because I'll, yeah. I'll just be like, <laughs> you know what? I said that shit weird there, and I want to do it again. They're like, man, you're doing it again. I'm like, I'm not doing it again. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, definitely, man. Like if I, I'm really big on enunciation and um, using correct grammar and words. So when I hear a song, if it's not, you know, ours or if it's someone else's and there's like a made up word or someone hasn't pronounced something properly and it just, it really grinds my gears. <laughs> so if I, if I do that when I'm recording vocals and I think, hang on a minute, yeah, 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 yeah. that I don't think what I just sounded like is even a word. So yeah, I have to go back and re-record and redo it and go, nah, 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 nah. Oh, well, that's not too bad. Yeah, I could probably work with that. See, I, I've I, I've listened to it, and uh, yeah, you do pronounce things really well. Where me, you'd go, man, this dude, I'm gonna slap him. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, it, I think it's all relative, though. Like, it depends on your style. Like, if you're yeah, doing yeah. that, um, you know, like that real slam grind kind of thing, where there's lots of you know pig squeals and all that kind of stuff. It's very obvious that the purpose behind it is not to understand the words. Yeah, there's no words. Um, because. I'm not sure that I, I don't know any words that last 25 seconds um, that sound like a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, and don't get me wrong. Like it's wicked. Like I find some of that stuff fascinating of what people can do with the human voice. I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't listen to that for the words kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah. So it's, it's all in context. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess if you listen to like a Randy Blythe kind of thing from Lamb of God, very very good with his enunciation so if he was to come out and do like some word that didn't exist or pronounce something wrong i can guarantee it just about anyone that knows lamb of god or listens to metals just gonna go what'd you just say i'm pretty sure that's not a word mate like you can't what do you do that again you know yeah 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 the misheard lyric yeah you gotta have that you gotta have some yeah you gotta have a little bit Oh yeah, I take the piss out of mine all the time when I listen to some of them now, and I think, "Hang on, that sounds like this." And so then I actually do that in the jam room. I start saying what it, what I think it sounds like, and uh, usually usually messes the other guys up trying to play because they listen, they start listening to the words, and they know something's wrong, and they really pay attention. Yeah, or I put on a, an English accent or something, and yeah, it's got to do something to change it up in there. Otherwise, it just you, you can't be too serious. That's it. You, know? you got to have fun with it, man. That's what it's all yeah, about. Yeah. Hey. You gotta absolutely. absolutely have fun with it. Well, man, I hope we can definitely see you up here. I mean, that's the whole thing about you guys. You remind me of uh, some good friends of mine. Have you had a band called Azrael from up here? Yeah, I have actually. That yeah, I have. I think yeah. you guys would look really a bill with you guys together would be really fucking cool. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, okay. it's gonna got the same sort of vibe. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, yeah, I yeah. yeah, shout out to Azrael. If you're out there, boys. Yeah, cool. They're out. There. They're not watching me now, but I'm just pointing at random things. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just really like to see. Well, uh, yeah, I'll definitely suss that one out because yeah. um, 
because we are looking to um, next year where we've started the early stages of looking at um, potentially putting a plan in place, obviously given what's going to happen with the borders and restrictions and vaccinations and everything in between, but to get over there to do, you know, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, um, Canberra, Adelaide, all the rest of it. Because, you know, we sort of figured that international is going to be pretty hard for a little while, not getting over there most likely, but it's actually getting back that we've got the concerns with. Um, So we sort of think, well, if we can do our own backyard, which we probably should anyway, um, then, you know, then that's a good start at the very least. That's it. And then you got to get this album out, man. you got to like take yeah. it to the people and, and, and play it. I know it's, I know it's difficult to see, man, but it's going to happen. I'm staying positive about it because man, it's going to be fucking awesome. I can yeah. see you guys like hitting the towns and we'll, man, we'll be there on the Gold Coast and Brizzy. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Well, when we get over there, man, I'll be hitting you up. Yeah. Let's do it. Have some beers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, what else have you guys got uh, planned apart from? Uh... Well, we've got a um, out, outside of the the live side of things. So we've got our show, uh, our launch show, which is on the twenty third of October at uh, Linnet's Lounge in uh, Northbridge, um, playing with Calvath, um, Harvest Trail, and all this filth. So we're really hoping that you know we get a we, we pull a good crowd and we when people really get to hear the music and get to hear what we've what we've done because we're not the same Kimura that we were years ago, you know, cause there's, there's been some lineup changes. There's been some, you know, I guess kind of trying to find our spot and we've now we've found it and this is where we are and this is who we are. So we're really hoping that we get, you know, get people to the show that maybe gave up on Kimura a long time ago. It's like, Hey, come back. You know, this is who we are. You know, we're not, we're not that band back then that had, you know, three or four different lineup changes in 12 months type thing. It happens though. Absolutely. And it's, it's, right. it's not going to keep it rolling. Yeah. And it's not detrimental to, to any, any bands or any people, if that's the case. But I think every time that you change a member in a band, um, you change the dynamic of the sound because someone's either got to learn stuff or you've lost a part of the band that you've got to try and fill that gap. And so we've been really lucky that, you know, that our last lineup change um, was over a year ago now with our bass player, Kyle, and he's just fit in like a, like a fucking puzzle piece just perfectly. Um, and he's he's picked up everything really well. Awesome dude, really, like cool bass player. Happy to just go along and just get up there and smash it out. And so we've really hit that comfortable, good place now where we actually everything flows. Everything just flows nicely. <laughs> so I can stay here for now. Yeah, awesome man. That's what yeah. you want. That's what you want. Well, uh, dude, hey, it's been awesome hanging out with you on the show, man. Yeah, man, for sure. Are you, oh, are you what are you having a cold one? Nah, I'm having a oh yeah, I'm having a cold one. Oh. I, I, would it have made it better if I said warm? Yeah, yeah, because I'm not having a cold one. I usually am. I'm usually having a whack of Changi, but um, yeah, right. I just got up for work, so yeah. Next time, nah, next enough. time, we'll have next to do time, it in purpose. In, but, do it in person, yeah. Person, person. That's the word I was. See, it's been. A It'll definitely time. be on purpose. Yes, on purpose, in person, on the Gold yep. Coast, in Brisbane. But in the meantime, brother, Circle the Prey comes out on October 21st. You take care, bro, and uh, keep fucking slamming it, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. We will. And we'll definitely get over there and catch up with you. Planning on traveling this summer? 
Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 